Hello and welcome. Uh, welcome to this, uh, our 52nd show. Uh, and here at Palestine Deep Dive, uh, each time we take a look at uh, what's happening in the Middle East and with a, with a particular focus on, of course, Palestine. Uh, and we welcome uh, our special guests uh, who can give us a very different uh, take from uh, what we do or do not very often hear. Uh, coming out of uh, Palestine. And uh, it's a delight that today we're going to be joined by Dr. Mustafa Balguti, uh, who has been our guest before, about a year ago, I think, um, and who I'll introduce uh, very, very shortly. I'm Mark Seddon. Uh, I used to work for Al Jazeera as its UN correspondent, and I subsequently went to work for uh, UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon as a speechwriter, and more recently I worked for the President of the uh, General Assembly. Uh, so. Welcome, Dr. Mustafa Boguti. Fantastic to see you. You join us from Ramallah. Uh, I just want to let people know uh, a bit more about you. Um, Please. Mustafa is uh, Secretary General of the Palestine National Initiative, and the PNI, PNI was founded uh, along with Edward Said uh, in 2002, and it's a coalition of secular and democratic groups. It preaches nonviolent resistance. Uh, an end to apartheid, and belongs to both the socialist and progressive internationals. And Dr. Baghouti is, of course, a Palestinian physician. In fact, uh, this, when we last spoke to him, it was about the COVID crisis enveloping uh, Israel-Palestine, but in particular, the, 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 the manner in which Palestinians were being treated as second-class citizens in, in the terms of uh, the COVID uh, vaccine distribution. Uh, he's a politician and an activist, and he was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize in 2010. And he's also been a member of the Palestinian Legislative Council since 2006, and is also a member of the Palestine Liberation Organization Central Council. So it's fantastic to, to see you again, Dr. Mustafa and Maguti. And, the, and what I really wanted to be, because our focus today is very much on events that they've been unfolding, some of which we've been able to see in uh, the media, but there's been, in, speaking here from Britain, very little coverage, if any, on mainstream media as to what's been happening out in uh, the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem and its surrounds. We've seen a lot on social media, but you, of course, have been there yourself uh, and have witnessed some of what has been going uh, going on. I just wonder if, as a, if you could just let us know what you saw and what you experienced. Well, yes, uh, I was uh, there uh, two weeks ago, I mean, uh, the Friday before last, <clears throat> when the most horrible attack happened on uh, peaceful worshippers by the Israeli army. Uh, I think uh, there was no reason whatsoever for that attack, except that the Israeli army did not want Palestinian worshippers to stay in the mosque overnight and did not want them to be there uh, when they have the morning prayer. And uh, trying to impose the Israeli regulation, the Israeli soldiers entered the mosque, mm -hmm. and uh, while the peaceful worshippers were praying at uh, around five in the morning, and they started uh, beating people, and uh, they started uh, shooting them with what they call rubber bullets, which are not really rubber bullets, they are like uh, very rather big and very dangerous metallic canisters uh, and uh, they shot at people uh, uh, without discrimination 
and uh, they injured 156 people, uh, many of them seriously. And then they forced everybody out of the mosque, uh, except for those who were uh, strangled inside the building of the mosque itself. And uh, they, they, they eventually attacked them inside that mosque, inside the, the prayer area, entering the mosque with their shoes, which is, of course, unacceptable by religious traditions. And then uh, shooting at people inside the mosque itself, not only in the yards around it, and then arresting them. They arrested 450 people, including many children. Uh, but uh, those who were injured were very seriously injured. I, I, this whole attack continued from 5 in the morning till 10 in the, in the morning, about five hours. And I was there. And then after the prayer and the incidents, I went to the hospital and checked on the patients, the people who were injured. As I said, you're talking about 156 people injured. Uh, they, were, they ranged uh, in, in age from age 15, uh, children at, at the age of 15, to very old people. Uh, the oldest was uh, 79 years old. And uh, their injuries were extremely severe, many of them. Uh, I saw at least 20 cases of people who had broken skull, depressed uh, injury, as we call it, or depressed fracture of the skull, causing internal bleeding of the brain. And all of them needed neurosurgical operations. Uh, one was 79 years old, who I will always remember. I mean, he was stuck. Uh, he was attacked with this one of these... Uh, uh, what I call uh, metallic grenades, and his uh, whole mandible and uh, maxilla, his whole face was shattered. Uh, he had to go through operation, and uh, <clears throat> after the operation, he was breathing in a very heavy way. Uh, I saw a young boy who was 18 years old who lost his eye because of the same injury, and uh, there were others with broken Mainly the injuries were in the head and the chest and in the neck, which means that the army was shooting people from very close distance, sometimes even from zero distance, with these uh, metallic uh, canisters, and, uh, which they call rubber bullets. And uh, that's why the injuries were severe. And uh, some of them told me that uh, after they were sh uh, hit from very close uh, range, they were, uh, they fell on the ground and the army continued to beat them uh, with their shoes, uh, crushing their chest and, and their back, uh, which caused uh, many other uh, severe injuries. Uh, so, Mabuti, if, if I may, I mean, seeing some of the scenes that we have, and we're going to show some shortly, but uh, they are reminiscent to many people of what, uh, what we saw happening in Soweto. Uh, in the dying days of apartheid South Africa. But one big question that a lot of people have got who are viewing this material for the first time uh, and are very shocked by it is why why are, do, the, do the Israeli military and police feel the need to stop people from going to prayer in a mosque, uh, such, such an important mosque, and why do they feel the need to shoot at people? People simply don't understand why this is happening. Well, uh, it's, uh, I think there are uh, several reasons for what the Israeli behavior is. Uh, the first one is that they, uh, by the way, the, 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 the scene that I described to you repeated every day for a whole week. It wasn't just that Friday. 
It happened on Saturday, on Sunday, Saturday, and Sunday, and Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday. It continued to happen. And, uh, and uh, the, why on the other days they, they did that? Well, because they wanted to empty the mosque so that Jewish uh, visitors could enter the area and do some even Jewish prayer, which is totally unacceptable. And it's a violation of uh, the, 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 the nature of the place the, as a Muslim holy site. Uh, but also it's about uh, the Israeli side trying to create a new reality in the Aqsa Mosque, to create as if the Aqsa Mosque can be divided between Muslim and Jewish people, and eventually uh, eliminating its Muslim nature. That's, that's, in my opinion, what they are aiming at. And, and uh, that's one reason. But the other reason is that they, they want to prevent, uh, to, to reduce the number of people who can come to the mosque or visit the mosque uh, in every possible way. And by the way, uh, they are uh, lying constantly. And unfortunately, some of their lies are repeated by Western media. Uh, uh, one of the lies is that they allow freedom of religion, which is totally un uh, untrue. For, in for instance, the vast majority of Muslim Palestinians and, Muslim and Christian Palestinians are not allowed into Jerusalem and were not allowed during the last week, during the Easter time and uh, during the prayers in Ramadan. 90% of Palestinians in the West Bank are not allowed into the mosque. 100% of people in Gaza, maybe with the exception of 10 or 15, are not allowed to arrive in the mosque and, and pray there. And uh, the 6.5 million Palestinians who are refugees outside, who were forced out of their country by Israel, Israel's ethnic cleansing in 1948, also are not allowed to come in. So the vast majority of Palestinian Muslims and Christians are not allowed uh, to, to reach the religious sites and uh, to, to practice uh, their, their religion. Uh, we, we had similar attacks on, on, on Christians uh, who yes. were trying to celebrate Easter last uh, Sunday. I was going to ask you about that a bit later, Dr. Bargusi, but, I, but the question I've got, I suppose, is that, you know, we've seen these attacks on in different countries around the world on the rights of worshippers, on religious sites. We saw um, not so long ago the destruction of that ancient mosque by extremists in India. Is this what this is really about? Are there extremists who uh, either want to destroy the Aqsa Mosque or turn it into something else? Is this what it's all about? No, it's more than that. There are extremists who dream every day of Bomba, uh, of, of uh, uprooting the whole Aqsa Mosque and uh, uh, even bombing it. Uh, and there were plans declared in that sense. And there are extreme fascist, fascist groups in Israel who, who keep speaking about that. But no, the issue is more than that. The issue is that what you have here is a systematic racist policy of a system of apartheid, a much worse apartheid from what prevailed in South Africa at one point of time. And what you see in terms of uh, the oppression of people's rights to arrive in Jerusalem or to pray in the mosque or pray in the Holy Sepulchral Church for Christians is nothing but a is an expression of the system of discrimination that Israel is practicing. Let me remind you that East Jerusalem is not a part of Israel. It's an occupied territory, but it's a land that Israel annexed illegally by international law. And... Uh, and, uh, and, and they are, as I said, they are not allowing people in in a very discriminatory way. For instance, last Friday, I tried to go to the mosque again 
And I was stopped by an Israeli military checkpoint, and they told me that I am not allowed in, although my, they claim that they will allow every person above the age of 50, and definitely more than 50. But they said, no, I am not allowed for security reasons. And uh, although I was born in Jerusalem, my sister lives in Jerusalem, I worked as a medical doctor in Jerusalem for 15 years in a, in a famous hospital there called Makassid Hospital. And since 2005, they systematically prevent me from reaching Jerusalem. And on that Friday, they detained me for more than an hour, and then they forced me back. I mean, that is an example of how they practice their discriminatory system and policy. I mean, today, um, I mean, separately, we've just learned um, that the International Criminal Court is going to investigate uh, the shootings of uh, at least four named journalists in Gaza. And this was on April the 25th uh, of this year. Um, and this is actually making the, the direct claim, will be investigating the claim that these journalists were deliberately targeted. They were either killed or they were severely injured. And um, th th these journalists were actually wearing vests that said press on it. Now, interestingly, um, journalists have come under attack too at the Aqsa Mosque. Uh, and you also begin to wonder, is this because uh, the Israeli authorities really don't want the rest of the world to know what's going on and in their name? And I think we just have some uh, quite, I should just warn um, uh, our, our viewers uh, that we've got some quite harrowing uh, video material to show you of what happened to a group of journalists at the mosque in the past few days. These are all journalists here. These are all journalists. And we're basically stuck because Israeli... Amen. Are they, are they special forces? Yeah. Israeli yes, special forces, huh? Yes, Sam. They're here. Look, they're coming towards us. I don't know. Journalists. Like, this is all... I mean, I have to say that if this was an Orthodox church in Kiev, uh, we would have wall-to-wall -wall coverage of this in the Western media, and quite rightly so. But you have to ask the question, why are we not seeing this uh, on mainstream media? Why do you think this is the case, Dr. Baghuti? Well, as you mentioned, many of those who were injured were uh, over the last weeks were journalists, and uh, some of them were also seriously injured. You don't see that because there is a very huge amount of hypocrisy. I wanted to call this year, the 2022, the year of ultimate hypocrisy by Western media and by many Western countries. 
where uh, there is such a level of uh, double standard, unbelievable. I mean, uh, we're not, uh, we, we, we are against any occupation of any, any country, but uh, when you see 6,000 punitive acts and sanctions taken against Russia within a period of two weeks, and not a single sanction on Israel over the last 74 years of ethnic cleansing, the longest occupation in modern history, and the worst system of apartheid ever, not a single sanction, nothing, not even against illegal settlers, not even against those who commit crimes against Palestinians and it is proven, not even against the fascist groups that are attacking Palestinians constantly. This is a level of double standard that cannot be tolerated and should not be tolerated, even in the case of ICC. And I was a member and I'm still a member of the Palestinian committee that is following the issue of ICC. We've presented the ICC with thousands of documents that prove the commission that Israel has committed war crimes, whether in the attacks on Gaza or in terms of how they treat our prisoners or in terms of how they build illegal uh, structures like the apartheid wall and uh, not uh, we haven't yet seen an investigation when it comes to ukraine within a month there were 141 countries demanding an investigation by the icc i think this is another another example of how serious this double standard is even when you have a very serious resolution by the united nations security council like 2334 that resolution says all settlements are illegal, all settlements should not be continued, and yet nothing is happening and not a single sanction against Israel. I mean, on, on this line of the of the journalists, I mean, it, it would, according to Doughty Street Chambers here in uh, London and the UK, um, some 46 journalists in total have been killed since 2000, and no one has been held to account. Now, to be fair, some journalists have tried to raise uh, this issue and others. In fact, mo most recently, um, the renowned and respected uh, Christian Anampour of CNN, who was interviewing the Israeli Prime Minister, Mr. Bennett. And I think we may have a little clip of that as well. Your own, your own Israeli security people. Again, the context, the West Bank has been occupied since 1967. Settlers are allowed to to, to be there. It is a minority, I know that, but they're there and they are violent, this minority. And it is generally deemed illegal by the rest of the world, the settlers in occupied territory. But that's a background to what I'm going to quote to you. Major General Yehuda Fuchs, who's the commander of your Israeli troops in the West Bank, is he not? Major General Yehuda Fuchs? He said in an interview with the New York Times um, that he was concerned about what he called settler terrorism and was exerting a lot of effort to avoid it. He said his job is to make sure both Israelis and Palestinians are safe. So if he says that, what is your response to that? No, what you've been projecting is blatantly false. Uh, the, why the do you say that? Overwhelming majority. I'll tell you why I say it, because it's a... a Lie, simply a lie. No, sir, you can't. Majority you cannot of the half say million that to Israelis. me. Let, let me you finish. cannot tell me I'm uh, lying, Christiane, Mr. I, I Prime can. Minister. I well, said well, a minority of the extremists. And... That's what I said. That's uh, what well, I it's said. A tiny minority. That's what I said. A tiny minority, and I, I object 
the uh, symmetry that uh, you're trying to create here, because out of There's half no a million symmetry. I'm talking about uh, good your Israelis, decent, de could, I, could I finish the sentence, yes. uh, Christiane? Out of half a million Israelis that are decent and law-abiding Israelis living in Judea and Samaria, there's several hundred, perhaps even less, uh, uh, who uh, apply violence from time to time. But who's getting murdered? We're seeing Palestinians murder Israelis. We're not seeing Israelis murdering Palestinians. And, and that's why there's no symmetry here. And I also object, these are not occupied territories. Mm -hmm. They're territories in dispute. And we have claimed to our own uh, uh, place as well as them. I get it. No one's going anywhere. We have to figure out how to live together. That's my job, to provide security for Israelis, uh, dignity for Palestinians. I'm working on that very hard. And we're succeeding. The problem is that the Palestinian leadership is, is totally corrupt, incompetent. So we have to do the job because there, there's no one to work with on the other side. And we have to... Aha. Uh -huh. Dr. Barghouti, I think you may need to turn your camera because you've gone sideways there. But, um, yes, uh, we... Uh... Omar, have we? I don't know if you can see this, but Dr. Baguti has his video has gone turned sideways. He's not full on screen. Look, let's proceed. Uh, we've got a slight, a slight issue with this. Um, are you able to turn your? Are you able to turn your computer, your your screen, Dr. Mustafa? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Uh, can you hear me? Uh, <clears throat> can you hear me? Um, Omar, if you can hear me, we have lost uh, Dr. Bagutia. We can see him, but we cannot hear him. Hello? Hello?
Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? I think you have a problem on your side because I cannot hear you at all. Can you hear me now? It seems to be something wrong at your side. Yes, I don't know what's going on. Can you Hello, can me? you hear me? I can hear you. But I can't hear you. You can't hear me. Okay, right. I'm unable to hear you. I don't know what's the problem. Uh, I don't know. 